Welcome to Mad Dogs and Englishmen. Back this week. Sorry that last week was a little uh, hazy, sporadic. Uh, few missing days, but uh, you will get your regularly scheduled weather forecast in the morning, as well as the usual discussions. It is hazy and overcast today, and Kevin is irritated with the left. Well, that's uh, it's, it's a day of the week that ends in Y, of course. So yeah, it always says uh, we should we should probably fill them in on the background. Though, of course, you were missing and out of pocket because you were in Detroit, as we talked about a little bit, trying to uh, spread the word about liberty and the rule of law and uh, good old fashioned Anglo American democratic traditions and those things. And I'm guessing you didn't have very much success at that, did you? Well, I got quite a lot of pushback on questions of basic property rights and mm. so on and so forth. Having said that, uh, because uh, of Twitter, I suppose, there were quite a few people in the audience who were conservatives who came uh, to see me speak. And so thank How you very much. How far away do they have to drive from? Maybe half an hour. <laughs> Gross point. They certainly, yeah, they certainly weren't living in the middle of Detroit. Yeah. Uh, but no, that was nice. So thank you for everyone who, who did come out. It was a good talk. I did very much enjoy it. Did you have a look at the city while you were there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like a little bit. It's just terrifying, around. isn't it? Well, my hotel, and, and I, I wouldn't say that I ever felt in danger, but my hotel was on a street with no streetlights. Of which, I guess, 40% now is the case. Apparently like so. Yeah. And so I didn't leave unless I had somebody coming to pick me up in a car, which very kindly three um, lawyers, uh, law students uh, from Wayne State Law School came and uh, took me out for drinks in the evening. But uh, no, I was literally dropped off at the front door uh, <laughs> of my inn and, and picked up. And it was an interesting place. It is an interesting place, but it's also something of an apocalyptic vision. And, and, and this is why we're always annoyed at the left, because Detroit is the uh, sort of end stage of the natural outcome of the policies that they push, both on the cultural front and on the economic front, on the rule of law front and everything else. Which brings us, I think, back to our discussion that we were trying to start today about why we're uh, both a little bit annoyed with the left. We actually, over the last, late last week, over the weekend, wrote a couple of similar pieces where we were both writing about the ouster of Mr. Ike at Mozilla and a few things related to that. And one of the things that we've seen in the uh, discussion of this, and the sort of you know pushback we've got from the boneheaded, beef-witted lefties, is that... Um, they say that we're being hypocritical because we generally favor civil society remedies to these kinds of questions. So while you're maybe marginally more pro-gay marriage than I am, I'm not really very much opposed to it. I'm just kind of neutral on it. Uh, and But we both agree that, of course, we don't want to see businesses treating gay employees badly. We don't want to see them treating gay customers badly. For the same reason, we wouldn't want to see them being you know, anti-Semitic or anti-Catholic or generally being nasty. Uh, so you and I both believe that these are things that can largely be dealt with in civil society. In fact, I've got a, a big section in my book where I contemplate the development of certain technological tools to help, uh, to help make that happen. But that doesn't mean you want to use these remedies in every case. You know, my own view is that the bar for retaliating against someone because of their political views, whether it's in the form of boycotting their business or seeking to have them dismissed from their job should be pretty high. And this is, you know, where I, uh, where uh, the Eisenhower side of my Eisenhower anarchist thing comes in, in that uh, 
you know, we should try to have a public space and a culture and a business space that is as free of politics as we can because you know civil society is where is where life really happens and we want to keep you know the sort of nasty partisan factional politics out of that as much as we can so if um you know if someone turns out to be some sort of neo-nazi or something like that yeah i'm not going to do business with them uh, last week we had the fascinating case of the german porn star who was sort of double boycotted the uh the neo-Nazi party that she belongs to threw her out because she did a, did a sex scene with the black guy. And then after that happened, the porn industry figured out that she was a neo-Nazi and hadn't known that. And so they blacklisted her as uh, well. So, you know, I can see both sides. Well, I'll take that back. I didn't mean to say it that way. I can see that being a case. I can't see both sides of that case. Uh, not having a lot of sympathy for the uh, neo-Nazi views. So, but that's, you know, a fairly extraordinary situation. In the case of Proposition 8 in California and this Mozilla guy, you know, this wasn't exactly an extremist marginal position. In fact, it's a popular enough position that the ballot initiative passed. I think that it's possible to want to define marriage in traditional terms without being maliciously anti-gay. I don't think those two things are identical, and I think that's really where the discussion Connor uh, Friedersdorf had a good yeah. post on that, and um, and I think that uh, you know, you know, and again, as we both pointed out, this is a position that was held until I think May 23, twenty twelve, by one Barack Obama, and until two thousand thirteen by Hillary Clinton, the Great Hope. Now. Yeah. So you know, all these people who are trying to drum Brendan Ike out of public life supported, on mass, candidates in twenty eight uh, in two thousand eight rather who. Uh, have precisely the same view on marriage that it's uh, you know, should be defined in one man one woman terms. So I think that uh, partly the debate here is about the other side conflating the endorsement or preference of certain means versus certain ends. But also I think it goes to a deeper issue about judgment, which is there's just no set of abstract principles or guidelines that can tell you what to do in every case. And so I think in the case of Ike and Mozilla, that this uh, you know witch hunt was unseemly and uncalled for and illiberal and people who are involved in it ought to be ashamed of themselves yeah well i've been a bit annoyed by the lack of quality of the responses to our position uh, jamel Bowie wrote a piece suggesting that if conservatives are so upset that the likes of brendan ike can be drummed out of his job then we should be supporting ender the non-discrimination laws that have been proposed that would prevent gays from being uh, fired for being gay. But I'm not against Brendan Ike's being fired on legal grounds. In fact, I would uh, fight fairly strongly to retain Mozilla's right to to fire him or to ask him to leave or to make it clear that he was not... Uh, can uh, I interject something a little bit? Because this actually may be of use to the discussion. So... Neither you or I think he probably ought to have been fired from his job for supporting Proposition 8. Under California law, uh, and there are similar laws in New York and the District of Columbia, it would have been illegal for Mozilla to fire him for that because in California, political views are one of the protected classes. It's right. the same as firing someone for race, religion, or something like that. So while we don't think he should have been fired, I'm sure we both would support repealing the law sure. that would have uh, prevented and, that. And for the sake of clarity, it should also be established that he resigned. But the yeah. distinction here is a, a limited one. 
in that he was the subject of 75,000 signatures on a petition and his own employees asking him to leave and so on and so forth. So, uh, yes, there is a distinction, an important one between resigning and being fired, but not one that I would, as you say, wish to uphold anyway. So in, in principle and philosophical terms, it is a moot point. So the, the question of, well, why don't you support Ender then is, is irrelevant because uh, I don't support Brendan Eich's legal right to uh, now levy the forces of the state against the government. In both cases, this is a criticism, uh, not of the law, but of the decisions of civil society. And this is something I'm afraid that the left seemingly cannot get its head around, that you can simultaneously think that something should be legal and slam those who indulge in it. I mean, for example, my position on heroin is that it's a disgusting substance that ruins people's lives, that I would campaign vigorously um, uh, for people not to use it, that I think that employers should be able to fire people if they do use it, uh, and so on and so forth, but that I think it should be legalized, or at the very least, decriminalized. Now, if uh, a Christian-run organization summarily fired all of its gay employees, I would write exactly the same post that I wrote about Brendan Eich, saying that this was a witch hunt, that this was illiberal, that this was un-American, and so on and so forth. But I wouldn't be asking for there to be laws to prevent that. I'd also probably boycott the outfit that did that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this idea that there's some sort of hypocrisy here, yeah, absolutely not. Uh, as I say, just because something is legal doesn't mean it's reputable and doesn't mean that you can't criticize it, as I have done with Martin Bashir and Alec Baldwin <laughs> and uh, uh, Paula Dean uh, and, and, and Phil Robertson. Just because something is legal doesn't mean it's reputable. That's something you say, is it? That's a quote. I put that in my, <laughs> I know, I I put that in my piece. I attributed it to William F. Buckley. I know, I saw, I saw. <laughs> but yeah, it's sort of like, you know, you or I would prefer that laws be made by legislatures composed of elected representatives of the people rather than, say, handed down by a pope or a president or something like that. That doesn't mean you don't think legislatures can make bad laws. You know, and every time they pass them, you say, well, this came from a process that you supported, right, therefore you right. should support the end of it. And that's just silly. It's a dumb way of looking at things. I mean, it may be that... Uh, you know, that's the conservative in me talking. It may also be the fact that I'm not seven years old and, uh, you know, have some sense of proportionality about life. Right. And, and this goes to a point that you've made a few times in the last couple of weeks uh, in the various cases uh, of illiberalism that we, in the classical sense, that, that we've seen. Um, and that is that I think the reason the left fails to draw a distinction between the law and how people use it is that it cannot understand why once you have thrown your weight behind a particular proposition or aim, you wouldn't try to enforce it with any means you have available. And so it's not good enough to say, well, I'm in favor of gay marriage, therefore the states can decide how they wish to, I will argue in favor of it, but really I'm indifferent uh, legally. They would say, no, I want you to, and this is your point, I'm, I'm parroting here, but I think it this is sort of relevant is that they want a president who's really in favor of it yeah. and they want a president who's going to say that the Supreme Court should impose it at the federal level and it's an absolute constitutional right and employers must be barred from uh, from discriminating against anybody on these bases and that anyone who disagrees should be shunned from civil society uh, and so on and so forth and that's really where we disagree. Yeah. You know in the 1990s I was part of a group of students at the University of Texas uh, conservative students and libertarian leaning students who uh, 
testify at the Texas legislature about repealing the sodomy laws. And the Texas sodomy laws were bad laws. They were just they were dumb laws. They were invasive, and they were dishonest laws in the sense that they were rarely used to prosecute people for uh, engaging in consensual uh, sexual activity. They were used as a pretext for discriminating against gay people in educational hiring, and to allow you know corrupt small town sheriffs to uh, extort gay bars and that sort of thing. So they were a bad set of laws, and I would have been perfectly happy to see the Texas legislature repeal them. But what happened, of course, is that they were thrown out in Lawrence versus Texas. So it's an outcome that I agreed with, but uh, it's a, a process that I didn't because I simply don't think that the law, even though it was a bad law, was an unconstitutional law. Uh, I just There are constitutional rights to lots of things, but I think you have to uh, look in some fairly obscure penumbras to come up with uh, a right to... Uh, to same-sex intercourse in the in the Constitution, it just doesn't seem to be there, as far as I can tell. So, but you know, people on the left, I don't think, uh, don't think make that distinction, or they think that we make that distinction in bad faith. So that we're saying, well, we just really don't like gays, and so if they get something, we're going to criticize the process by which it came out. And this is this is something I put to the students that I was addressing in my lecture. And I think probably the the one thing that I said that may have, have stuck with them because afterwards this came up in conversation that the outcome being all that so many people care about now, I don't think you could get the First Amendment ratified. I, I was thinking of the Arizona property rights law mm-hmm. bill, I should say, that was killed and it was immediately termed an anti-gay bill. Now, even if you buy that it was drawn up and supported solely by those who hate homosexuals and wish to discriminate against them, the basic thrust of the property rights argument is it's my restaurant and I should be able to refuse service to anybody that I dislike. Of course, once you add the words anti-gay to it, it takes on a whole different uh, a whole different sort of uh, look and and it immediately transmutes what is a general principle into the an attempt to to violate a particular set of victims now could you imagine if we didn't have a first amendment standing up now and saying i think we should put above the remit of congress a protection of speech that would allow literally anything to be said including dressing up as a nazi uniform and marching through uh, jewish areas uh, including saying horrendous things about gay people or people of a different race or people of a different religion. How do you think that would be sold by the media? Would it be sold as extremely liberal law that applies to everyone uh, put to constitutional convention? Or would it be sold as anti-gay, anti-Jewish, anti-black law <laughs> suggested by bigots who wish to speak with impunity? I'm not sure. I'm really not. Yeah, and I think that's you know, and that sort of speaks to where we really fundamentally differ with the other side is that our view is that if you give people freedom you have to expect that they're sometimes going to do bad things with it and accept that that's okay because it's part of the price you pay for being free people and for having a free society and you never go into it expecting that you're not going to get outcomes you don't like yeah if you have protection of freedom of speech you're going to get stuff that you don't like that's why you have the protection if you liked it it wouldn't be controversial no uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an issue at all. So you're going to get you know pornography and neo Nazis and racists and communists and all the rest of it. And um, for some of us, that's that's part of the price you pay for living in a free society. That's okay. But then there are other people who don't feel that way. And I guess maybe we should close out with this. But uh, we I mentioned the case of 
Adam Weinstein over at uh, Gawker who wrote an article calling for the literal imprisonment of people who have the wrong opinions about global warming and who uh, and who utter those opinions in public. Now I'm not exaggerating his position. He made a uh, a fairly ex not a fairly explicit an entirely explicit argument that we have both moral and legal grounds for rounding these people up and put them in prison. You know, and he named some names. I think Karl Rove was on the list and uh, a few people Rush like that. Limbaugh. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh. Now, in the context of you know the broader thing here, where we're talking about what happened with Mozilla, where we're talking about the use of civil rights laws to try to bludgeon nonconformist bakers and photographers into holding the right quote-unquote opinions about gay marriage, this seems to me a different sort of proposal, but a related and natural outgrowth of that culture of suppression and conformity, saying, well, why don't we just take it to its final stage, and saying we can lock these people up and put them into, David Frum got really mad at me for using the term gulags, but I don't know what you call prisons that you put people in for their political beliefs, if not, if not gulags. Well, the, the interesting part about the, the Weinstein case is, first, that he seems to believe that at every single point in the future American history, uh, having implemented his, his uh, law, his preferred law, that he will be on the right side of it. And it's a bizarre thing for a journalist to think, a journalist in inverted commas, perhaps. But more to the point, I can't think of a limiting principle. I spent a little time over the weekend trying to work out how easily you could allow the principle to slip and his basic argument was that well and he overstates this wildly but that in law people can be responsible if their words lead to deaths and if their lies as he sees it lead to deaths well you would immediately see anyone who and I think these people are awful by the way but you would immediately see anybody who crusades against vaccinations yeah. being put in prison as well and then you would see, if you got the wrong sort of government, you would see the National Rifle Association being put in prison because the argument would be, well, they're wrong and their arguments lead. Of course, there are so many arguments on both sides, but there would be the right ones and there would be the wrong ones. Right. Ezra Klein made the argument that people who opposed right. the Affordable Care Act were say, directly responsible for exactly. millions and millions of deaths. So then anyone who opposed single payer would be put in prison. Tax hikes. Tax hikes, anything really. Once you, once you, you know, we've talked before about one of the problems with the government taking over responsibility for everybody's health care is that it immediately becomes a recipe for externalities become the argument. Yeah. Well, lead or the number of people being killed is it, we need to do this in order to, to make it more safe, the, the health costs or whatever. You would effectively have a recipe for putting anybody in prison who could, in the eyes of the state, be leading to the deaths of, of someone else. And as we saw with the Schenck case, of course, in 1919, with a ridiculous argument from the Supreme Court that there was a clear and present danger established by non-English-speaking immigrants who were arguing against the First World War because that lowered American morale and thus put the United States in danger of being invaded by the Germans. Right. So all these anti-war protesters in Iraq should have rounded up as well under the same uh, you know, principle. Speaking of what you said, uh, you said the words health and safety. Can you say them in the proper... Uh, health and safety. Health and safety. <laughs> yes. And with that, we will close out. Talk to you tomorrow.